You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 43. I'm your host, Andres Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! How's it going, guys? Very well. How is it? Going great, mm-hmm. going great. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. So we, I think we um, we kind of had a quick discussion with Pontus before the recording about who is staying where and who is arriving, what time to QED. Sorry to the listeners who are not aware, there is going to be a QED Redcast conference next weekend, mm-hmm. which is an event anticipated by us all, three of us. As well as 600 others. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably even more because they sold out and I'm sure there probably were people who didn't manage to get um, tickets this year. But next year, guys, there's always next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could join the Jehovah's Witnesses that usually stands outside and protests. <laughs> <laughs> That's free. That's free. Are they actually? Yeah, they usually do, don't they? Ah. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We should yeah, bring yeah, them sometimes. some some bacon sandwiches or something. Yeah, Marsh used to bring them coffee. Because he's a nice person. He's a nice oh, person. He's a good yeah. <laughs> he's a... He is such a nice yeah. guy. And now they are probably working their ass off. Oh yeah. With the final touches oh, of yeah. the of the conference, the 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 whole event. They is, better. Yeah. They better. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we're gonna be in our brand new t-shirts, if I'm not mistaken. Well. Well. Um. Yes. <laughs> I just need to remember to take them. Yeah, you better. Okay. Mm. Uh, you know what I realized just recently? Just right after releasing episode 42. Mm, no. That we missed a very important aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The very fact that it was episode 42. Oh, I get it. 42! Oh, the answer to the question. Of course. Yeah. How could oh, we, of course. How could we have missed that? I don't know. Never mind. I don't know. We are crappy nerds. That's that's why. That's yeah, how. that's that's. <laughs> well, that's I, I am no nerd. So. Can, can well. we re-record it and make it right? Yeah, you know what? Nah. We release a new version. Please, dear <laughs> listeners, consider episode 42 cancelled from now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a new one. So this um. is episode 42 plus one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but t- talking about life, the universe, and everything, do you follow space-related news at all? Mm. Oh, about the um, comet. Yeah, it was both sad and very uplifting mm. that uh, the European Space Agency's Rosetta mission has come to its end, at least w- considering its physical form. I mean, yeah, they're not going to use the probes any longer, but. Uh, Lots of data to work on for the, for the next couple of years, I guess. But what a mission, what an achievement for science and technology. I love the whole thing. I love every single piece of it. Mm-hmm. Even even those ones I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, looking forward to, to whatever ESA is coming up with in the future. Mm-hmm. Go European Space Agency! Yes. Yeah. Especially now that my country's government decided to amend the constitution despite their quota referendum being invalid for a low turnout i don't know if you've heard about that i did i did no but not that they care you know they they counted as valid anyway because they did exactly this is why they're they're gonna amend the constitution oh boy yeah (sighs) he doesn't care (laughs) so this is why i'm growing a bigger and bigger fan of everything european by the day yeah 
not to talk about the fact that I live in the UK. Mm. Where... Which is <laughs> leaving EU. Okay, good choice. Uh, wow. So why don't we talk about great news? Let's do that. This is probably really a great news to every skeptic in Europe that the EXO website is now up and running. Yes. Yay! Well done, EXO. EXO. There are probably a few, very few listeners who don't know what EXO is. EXO stands for the European Council of Skeptical Organizations. And um, I have to say that there used to be a website, but it wasn't in the best shape, to to say the least. I'm not trying to criticize uh, the, the, the former website, but uh, it really needed a facelift. And it's been a huge effort, a huge amount of work, initiated, organized, and to a large extent executed by Gabor Rashko, who's uh, the chairman of the European Council of Skeptical Organizations and the president of the Hungarian Skeptic Society as well. And I'm very proud to consider him a friend of mine. And can I note, was the first uh, person we interviewed on this podcast? He was, that's true. Exactly. So if someone someone hasn't listened to the first episode yet, uh, we do recommend you do uh, that because... Um, yeah, I think we, we talked about a few interesting topics and discussed important things as well. I, I like the new uh, website. It's, yeah. it's, uh, he, he has mobilized uh, lots of uh, people who contribute with news and stuff. Exactly. So I do recommend going to it and, and read about things going on in, in Europe. It's, it's, uh, very, it's very good. Actually, it, it's going to be a great help uh, to us as well uh, doing this show. Because uh, that's the most authentic resource of uh, of news coming from a certain Europe, uh, European country. Because normally it's us who decide what is newsworthy and 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 what's not um, to put it on the show. But uh, when the local skeptic community thinks it is worth sharing it with uh, other European people then uh, I think it's obvious that, that we might want to talk about it as well. Yeah, yeah. And that there's still a lot to add, add to the website. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do around it. But now it's both very informative and and it also provides an interesting outlook on the amazing diversity of, of the community of skeptics across the continent and uh, what the different topics and challenges they need to tackle. Um the web address is exo.org, which is ecso.org, and uh, you'll find news from different countries and um, info on the organizations representing those countries, as well as something to know about this umbrella organization. So uh, stay tuned for more, but if you go on the website, you'll find already very exciting content there. So make sure you check it out. Right. And uh, one of the contributors... Concept, you remember uh, what Concept is, right? Yeah, yeah. Concept is the the Portugal skeptic organization, the leader of which uh, we also uh, interviewed on yeah. episode five. Diana. So yeah, yeah, Diana Barbosa. Yeah, after a long, 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 long way to go, <laughs> they actually just announced that they're of now an officially existing proper organization. Uh, beforehand, they were um, a very nicely organized and very and very active group of uh, skeptics, but now they have an organization to 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 do this with. So, congratulations! 
and uh, that is, could be considered the next step towards uh, becoming a member of EXO actually <laughs> yes absolutely wink wink if uh, Diana and the others are listening <laughs> I sure, I'm sure they are yeah by the way website have you guys had a look at our new header pictures on the mm. website and mm. the Facebook page. Yes. Yes, yes, we have. Oh. <laughs> so now it, we have the, we sport the official uh, logotype for uh, the Occam Awards because we were uh, shortlisted. So we are very proud of that, of course. We need to get that on the webpage. When we first heard the news, we had a bit of a discussion among ourselves whether to, to start boasting about it. <laughs> yeah. We can't. We can't keep from boasting a little bit. It's very, very yeah. nice uh, to be shortlisted. We're very happy. And about we actually it. did, but but then uh, just recently we got an email from uh, from Deborah Hyde, whom we also interviewed, <laughs> right, on episode uh, thirty-four. Yeah, she's not only the editor of uh, the Skeptic magazine, who's behind the Ockham Awards, but. Uh, she, she often gives talks about very interesting topics like vampires, werewolves, fairies. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to actually start the show? I, I am. Yep, we are. <laughs> yeah, you've been ready for a while, right? <laughs> then uh, let's start with the usual thing that cannot be missed, which is called On This Day and presented by none other than... Jelena Levin. I want to talk about somebody who was born on the 10th of October 1816, which coincidentally happened 200 years ago. Cool. His name is Sir John Simon, and he was an English pathologist. He uh, brought in uh, sanitary reforms that led to modern standards of public health, which, of course, as we know, now knowing the way the bacteria works, etc., that it was the great thing for everybody concerned. In 1850, Simon joined uh, with the New Epidemiological Society, which in 1853 published a report calling for compulsory smallpox vaccination of all infants, which is another great achievement um, of Sir Simon. Um, as we know, that um, obviously saved many lives um, of small kids since of course up until recently uh, when now it's been met by uh, the wave of anti-vaccination movement unfortunately i was about to say that uh, and he created lots of autistic children mm. in the process oh boy he also recognized that the outside and home employment of mothers is a factor in infant mortality and in 1856 he stated that infants perish under the neglect and mismanagement that their mother's occupation implies. So way to go, you know, in terms of um, standing up for uh, women's rights. And with the passing of the Public Health Act in 1848, um, local boards of health were set up responsible for drainage, paving, uh, cleansing and an ample supply of water. Simon described the improvements in English sanitary institutions in, in 1890. And he was also knighted in 1887. Um, so he's done quite a few really good deeds in his fairly long life. He lived until the ripe age of 87. Wow. In a way, his uh, achievements were very similar to those of Semmelweis. Yeah, I was thinking of him as well. Yeah. Washing hands. Yeah. Yeah. We owe these people a lot. Indeed. Absolutely. I mean, it's humanity. Awesome. 
Thank you very much, Ilana. Thank you. All right. So uh, we do know now what happened 200 years ago on the 10th of October, but uh, let's see what's going to happen starting on the 10th of October 2016 and what other things are happening during the coming week. All right, so we start on Monday the 10th. Um, we go to Copenhagen where there is a talk about uh, music and science, which is about how science can uh, inspire music and the arts. On the same day in Glasgow, there is a Skeptics in the Pub about asteroid resources. So this is about how can we mine asteroids and not have to bring everything with us from, from Earth when we go into space. Mm. Then we have Amsterdam, Netherlands, where they will talk about uh, aromatherapy. Is there more than meets the nose? That sounds interesting. There's a lot of myths about aromatherapy and what it can do or not. So uh, that'll be interesting. And then we continue uh, in Netherlands at uh, Groningen, where they will talk about evidence-based view on health, weight loss and marketing. And this is about how uh, marketing promises too much when it comes to certain treatments and preparations. And on Tuesday, the next day, uh, which is the 11th of uh, October, GVUP, which is uh, a kind of an umbrella organization for the German-speaking skeptics in Europe, they're going to uh, host two events at the same time in two different countries in two different cities, Germany and Austria. Uh, the one in Germany will take place in Hamburg and the other one will take place in Vienna. And what it's all about is GVUP's ironic award, Goldenes Brett, uh, which, is, which translates to the Golden Board. And... I think I've mentioned that before on one of the earliest, uh, earlier episodes. And the nominees are quite well known, not necessarily only to uh, German-speaking people, especially one of them, who is uh, Rika Gerd Hammer. I, I think I talked about him when we discussed the poor Italian girl who died because of leukemia. And uh, he's the founder of the dangerous German new, Germanic New Medicine. And the other person who is nominated uh, for the award is uh, Roland Düringer, a comedian who has entered politics and spreads all kinds of conspiracy theories. And the third one is uh, an alternative cancer clinic, the, the leader of which, uh, named Klaus Ross, uh, made the news recently, recently uh, with three patients who died uh, after receiving fatal injections. So... These are, well, two of them are not necessarily very ironic, if I want to be serious about this, but uh, the, I, I think we all agree that they probably all uh, deserve an ironic award from skeptics. So that's going to be the award ceremony that takes place in two different countries, two different cities. On Wednesday, the 12th of October, I've got a bunch of events happening in England first one happens in Birmingham um, and the talk will be about compare what happens when we try to correct the record on 58 misreported trials with Henry Drysdale and the second event 
is happening in Bournemouth. Skeptics in the pub with the theme reality bending with James Brown. And the third one um, is happening in Essex. And the theme is do no harm, evaluating the costs and benefits of psychology and its link to medicine with Professor Jane Ogden. Then we have Thursday the 13th, where we first go to Newcastle where they will talk about investigating and prosecuting rape, a very serious matter. Uh, uh, Apparently only 6% of all reported uh, rape cases result in the conviction of the crime in the UK. Not very good at all. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've seen quite poor statistics from America as well, so I think it's... Yeah. I think it's worldwide. I think it's universal. Yeah, it's mm. it's very bad. In Portsmouth, the same day, we have herding Hemingway Hemingway's cats with Cat Arnie. This is something that we've talked a lot about in the past. I'd love to see that once, not just talk about it. And then in Worthing, there we have Issy Lawrence uh, doing something called the third birthday treat. Uh, so that's fine. And then, then we have a sneak start on QED in Manchester on Thursday already. They call it QED Eve, and it's a skeptics in the pub called Investigating the Impossible. And this is about um, parapsychology from the Edinburgh uh, University there. Caroline Watt will hold this talk. I will be there. That's. Cool. I hate the fact that I won't be there. I will Aww. be there. Um. I'm not there until Friday, you guys. Mm-hmm. See you mm. then. When the main event starts. Friday the 14th of October, the long-awaited QED 2016 commences with the QED uh, mixer. And the QED mixer starts at, at, at 7 o'clock in the evening. Don't be late, anybody who is attending. Um, it will be um, taking place in Mercury Manchester Piccadilly Hotel. And you get to know people, talk to some of the speakers. There'll be things happening. It's very exciting. Um, and then QD continues through the weekend with the main events taking place on a Saturday and Sunday. A very exciting program. Loads of wonderful speakers from all over the world. And I have been to a few conferences, but really QED is one of my favorite and they cover such variety of topics and I learn so much every time I go. So really psyched about that. And the whole atmosphere about it and yeah. talking to lots of people, yeah. that is just such an intense experience. Yeah. So please uh, be aware, there's not going to be much sleep involved <laughs> because people just mingle for like hours afterwards and talk to speakers and to each other and and it's just exciting so you can sleep next weekend yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah. actually just before the qd mixers uh, in the evening there will be a skeptic camp manchester um at 11 o'clock uh, in the morning that starts on, on a friday the 14th from 11 until 5 and um this event is somewhat connected to qd of course and our own andrish will be at the skeptic camp talking about Andres, well, you can tell people what you're going to be doing. Will I be there? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give a... Um, yeah, th- th- there's going to be 10-minute short talks. <laughs> and uh, mine is titled uh, Stronger Together. And I'm going to be talking about uh, the Europe-wide collaborations and uh, what's 
what I think is necessary to do and uh, why we're doing this podcast and uh, what I can tell people about uh, the latest developments of EXO. Mm. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to being there and uh, giving that talk. And uh, I'm quite excited about another thing that, that's happening on Saturday evening. Fingers crossed, as good skeptics would do, uh, for the Occam Award. Oh, that's why you were so excited. Oh, yeah. But for those who are not uh, at QED that weekend, next weekend, but probably in northern Italy, if you're around Torino or Turin, um, you can join the a very interesting um, walk that is offered by the, the local Cheekup group. Um, and um, that is uh, titled Mysterious Turin, a walk through mystery, myths and reality. And uh, it's it's very exciting because they are offering two walks, actually. Um, you need to pay a bit, uh, not that expensive, um, especially when you're Italy, uh, everything is very expensive. So it's a very it must be a very interesting uh, walk with guides. And uh, one of them is in the afternoon, the other one is in the evening. And if you are not in QD, but instead in Göteborg, Sweden, you can go uh, to the Full Moon pub on Sunday evening. And it's quite exciting because most of the board of the Swedish Skeptics uh, uh, Society or Association will be there. Unfortunately, not me, because I will be in QED. But the rest of them will be there, so so go to that. It's unbelievable how often we have a full moon. Mm, yeah. Thanks very much. And I have to say that uh, some of these events we know about only because we were contacted by the organizers or someone uh, made it available to us, the information, without a crazy amount of research necessary. So please feel free to contact us because we would like to know about your events and we would like to promote them. You can get in touch with us via Twitter and our Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore EU or you can email us. Email address is info at theesp.eu. You can also fill in the contact form on our website and the website address is theesp.eu. Um, and don't forget to like us on Facebook. Also, if you have a minute, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, that will help us a lot. Exactly. And uh, you know where else you can find our events? Because when you go on the website, theesp.eu, and uh, click on the events button, uh, you'll find the, the actual calendar, the, skept uh, the Skeptic Events calendar. But... Um, it's also available now on the EXO website. So if you go on exo.org, you'll see on the right-hand side, you'll see a small calendar, which is the very same calendar that we use. So pretty cool. Thank you very much, guys. Mm -hmm. I think we should move on now to discussing a few interesting topics, shall we? Indeed. Sure. Good Thinking Society did it again. Um, Good Thinking Society and, of course, um, Michael Marshall, or Marsh, as we like to call him. Um, they have challenged 
NHS. Well, actually, they've challenged NHS across the country, and there's one NHS, uh, NHS Rural CCG, um, that uh, recently ended the funding for homeopathy because of the work that Good Thinking Society did. Hooray! Fantastic. Yes, well done, guys. We are very pleased about this result. It's great because NHS actually is under so much pressure and strain from for public funding um, that there, there is no need to pay for sugar pills as well as uh, the real medicine. I mean, people who want to get sugar pills, they're more than welcome to do it privately, but um, not on a public money. So um, last week, a report on the consultation concluded that um, 95% of respondents wanted to stop homeopathy funding immediately with just 3.7% of respondents favoring continuation of the service. I was really surprised by, the, by these results. These are good numbers, um, yeah. Yeah, and the report also found that 20 out of 22 NHS rural GPs wanted to the service to be terminated. That's pretty much all the GPs. I mean, there's two two GPs that, that didn't. Cool. Citing its ineffectiveness and the lack of evidence that homeopathy has had any long-term benefits for any patient. Mm. So um, the termination of this funding um, sees NHS Viral follow the lead of NHS Liverpool, who closed their homeopathy service in June 2016. That's pretty big win again, you know, a few months after the first, the Liverpool one. Um, and hopefully that trend will continue going forward. It gets even better than this. I recently came across this on uh, Edzard Ernst's uh, blog. He wrote about Advertising Standards Authority also in the UK, which is an independent regulator for advertising across all media, to be pushing for a new kind of a guideline uh, uh, for advertising homeopathic products. A sister organization of the ASA, the CAP, the Committee of Advertising Practice, they have a compliance team and uh, they say that they have until the 3rd of November to make changes to their website uh, to comply with uh, the advertised guidelines. And after this expiration period, there will be... Um, spot checks and and there will be appropriate sanctions if they fail to comply and uh, what do they have to comply uh, comply with that's the the most important part because um, apparently they are pushing for uh, a homeopathic product to be much more clear uh, for the the customers and the consumers. I'm going to read it up from uh, the, the, the document that they issued. Members of the public must not be discouraged from essential treatment. That is one key point of the whole thing, uh, which happens a lot of the time when uh, people go to homeopathic practitioners. Uh, they are discouraged uh, from from going to the doctor or going to a, another doctor and and seeking actual medical advice and seeking actual medical intervention and that is unacceptable uh, based on these guidelines and the things there are certain claims that they need to avoid in the simplest terms uh, goes this document you should avoid using efficacy claims whether implied or direct that aren't supported by robust evidence. How cool is that? So now, finally, 
they are trying to push them back to where they belong is basically um, just a completely weightless claim, uh, health claim. That means, okay, you are basically taking placebo, uh, so you shouldn't advertise your products as ones that, uh, that do more than that. So it looks very promising. I'm looking forward to the beginning of November and uh, when it turns out how many actually do comply. Very good. Promising indeed. Yeah, it is promising. I'm, I'm, I hope it will work and the people re- really will comply and put, you know, that if it's a placebo, that that's all it is. Mm. Um, it's just, I know charlatans and pseudo doctors will find the way other ways to sell um snake oil <laughs> but we'll have to just keep fighting i think one of the things that that needs needs need to be understood here is that uh the regulations have been in place for a while that now these are guidelines that will help them comply but um it's it's not a new thing. Uh, what's new about it is that they actually try to enforce it, and uh, that's that's a huge step. But uh, let's move on to Spain, where uh, something else happened recently. An editorial in uh, El País, uh, the highest circulation newspaper in Spain, sided with a group of uh, about a hundred Spanish pharmacists who had previously written an open letter to the Ministry of Health asking for a ban on homeopathic products to be sold in pharmacies. Why? Because it is not medicine, as they say. And uh, I couldn't agree more, actually. Uh, This letter was also addressed to other bodies and authorities like the President of the General Council of Association of Pharmacists, the deans of the faculties of pharmacy at several universities and the president of the National Academy of Pharmacy as well as other scientific societies linked to pharmaceuticals. The letter itself, along with a further explanation of what they stood up for, is also shared in Spanish, of course, on the website uh, escepticos.es, which is the website of uh, ARPSAPC, the one of the Spanish skeptical organizations. But the thing is that the selling of these products in Spain is apparently regulated by a law in effect since 1994, and that allows them to to be on the market without any proof of efficacy, which is not very surprising, and this is basically the case in many European countries. But apparently, these Spanish pharmacists really had it up up to here. The editorial also mentions how unacceptable it is for homeopathy to be taught at higher education institutions as if it was a legitimate science-based part of medicine, which it is not, just to be clear about that. Oh, by the way, this group of pharmacists who stood up saying they were not willing to sell homeopathic products anymore call themselves Pharmaciencia, and you can find them on Twitter. They really don't waste their time because they even came up with a petition aiming at a thousand signatures, out of which they already have almost 900. Uh, If you want to help them out, you'll find the link among the show notes. And why I do encourage everyone to do that is uh, because this should be an example. Um, We see what 
UK skeptics are doing, we see that it's not even coming from uh, the the skeptical organizations, but UK pharmacists, uh, Spanish pharmacists in Spain. So it's a pretty good, a pretty big thing, and uh, others should follow their lead and follow follow their example across Europe. So do check out the the petition and uh, try to translate it, and uh, you'll find it's it's pretty good. We have previously on the show talked about the Norwegian and Danish national churches losing a lot of members over the last couple of months. And now the turn has apparently come to Sweden. (laughs) In Sweden, yeah, there's a trend here. In Sweden, the national church has been separated from the state since the year 2000. But it still has some privileges. And the most important one is that the membership fees, which used to be a tax, they are still collected via the income tax return. And this is a service that the Swedish government provides for free, but only to the Swedish, the Swedish former uh, national church. And no other uh, religious congregation has this. Mm. But just like in Norway, the Swedish church recently published a web page where you can easily leave the church using a digital signature. Um, uh, before this, you had to go, well, you had to visit them and you had to get a physical form and you had to sign it and return it back. But apparently this new way of leaving uh, the church is a service that people appreciate. Because after less than two weeks, about 10,000 people have chosen to opt out. <laughs> so I don't know why they didn't learn from the Norwegian church that did the same thing. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I think the reason is that um, probably it was already in progress when they realized what what, what happened in Norway and, and Denmark. So. But to be fair, <laughs> they have been criticized because it was deemed to be too bureaucratic to, to opt out. So they, I think they felt they had to do, make it more easy. <laughs> so with Norway and Denmark having lost tens of thousands of members uh, over the last couple of months, and now the same thing happening in Sweden, perhaps we are witnessing a crisis for the old national churches in Scandinavia. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm, that's fun. Well, there is something that is n- not that hilarious. I'm going to start with uh, talking about yet another interview that we recorded earlier on with uh, Fiona O'Leary on episode 36. She's the founder and leader of Autistic Rights Together. And uh, when we interviewed her, uh, we talked about uh, her clashes with uh, Andrew Wakefield because of uh, his his new pseudo-documentary called Vaxxed. And uh, off the record, she told us about an upcoming report on the BBC that uncovers the wrongdoings of a Hungarian guy in London who's offering a kind of treatment for autism. Now, first of all, we have to make it absolutely clear that science has not yet come up with uh, an actual cure for autism. It's a condition, it's a range of conditions, actually, that... um, that can be handled, can be managed, but uh, it cannot be cured. And uh, how it comes about is is another issue. So it's partly genetical, um, partly environmental uh, during pregnancy. So that's something that we have to establish first. Now, this guy, who's not working on his own, actually, because he has a kind of a master uh, back in Hungary, 
he offers a training. He doesn't call it a treatment. He doesn't call it um, uh, anything like that because that then he would be liable, um, of course, um, and uh, no one would uh, would be would want to be liable for quackery. So what he offers is a training, a so-called training, that. Um, after um, a few sessions, that few sessions means about 60 to 70 sessions. Wow. And it costs about uh, uh, 3,500 pounds. And uh, then what he claims is that by the end of the sessions, uh, the, the, the autistic person will be cured of their autism. Now, the basis of this claim is that they don't accept autism to be an irreversible and an, an uncurable condition. The reason for that is that they base their ideas about what autism is on um, the workings of a certain man named L. Ron Hubbard. I thought it sounded familiar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dianetics. Mm-hmm. That's where most of the ideas are coming from. And uh, this has been proven uh, by uh, Tony Ortega. And uh, he actually identified the elements of uh, the teachings of this Hungarian guy as one that really resembles the, those of um, Aaron Hubbard's. So it's, it's, it's very, very messy stuff. Now... What the BBC revealed in the report, which included a secret recording, a secret video recording of uh, a session, was terrible shouting, threatening a guy who, who appeared there as an autistic person, which he was not, but uh, so he was posing as an autistic person. But the guy did apparently not pay attention. The fact that such an abrupt and such a um, violent behavior could uh, really trigger terrible reactions in an autistic person. And this is what shocked uh, the community of autistic people and those who, who are fighting for the rights of autistic people, like uh, Fiona O'Leary. This was the, f uh, the reason uh, the, the BBC got involved that uh, they informed the BBC about this and um, there is this guy the, at the BBC Guy Lin who's very famous for debunking uh, cheaters and uh, debunking quacks and um, and frauds so now now he did it again so the BBC came out with the article and then with a 10-minute uh, report on BBC One on um, Inside Out uh, on the 26th of uh, September. And then us with the Hungarian Skeptic Society, we picked up the story uh, based on what Fiona let us know. And uh, I wrote up uh, a press release, which uh, we sent off to several news outlets, and some of them actually picked it up. Fantastic! Yeah, one of them, um, index.hu, which is uh, the widest circulating um, online uh, news outlet uh, in Hungary, they put together a very good article discussing it in only a couple of hours. That's great. Uh, after we after they received our our uh, email, so yeah, uh, that was absolutely fantastic, and it exploded the whole thing. 
the next day I was contacted uh, by by one of the tabloids and uh, they ran uh, an article as well um, it was half a page uh with picture about this guy the the one who's practicing this uh in london and then i got a phone call from the big boss in hungary as a good scientologist would do uh he basically threatened me wow huh <laughs> we did not know that andres sorry to hear that i mean i'm sure you're not very easily threatened Oh well not. I'm I'm not that I'm not that easy to frighten actually by by a threat like that. What he said was that uh, he had uh, very good media connections so I should actually back off because if I do not then he will win and I will lose. <laughs> well, if he puts it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I told him to fuck off basically. <laughs> oh really? Uh, good for you because because I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna back off. It's just not what we do when it's uh, when it's a thing that big, and we have to do it because this is this is what the Hungarian Skeptic Society is for. And then we ended up uh, on a radio show. We have a regular uh, slot on a radio show, a weekly radio show and uh, every first Monday of the month. And uh, yeah, it was actually this Monday and we talked about autism. Uh, we uh, invited a few autism experts and talked about that thing. And uh, I told the story of uh, how this guy is, uh, is taking advantage of autistic people. And uh, he went on TV as well. He keeps telling us and everyone that he, he has... He's the only person on the earth who can really cure autism, but he's very, very cautious with the word cure. <laughs> but as far as I know, there are still efforts to prosecute them and to sue them. Uh, basically, what he did, he went on Hungarian TV and started bashing Fiona. Really? <gasps> yeah, for pushing for this thing. But it's only... It's totally understandable that Fiona is pushing for 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 some action against this guy. Oh, and now, oh, the other thing. The guy is now hinting that he's teamed up with an American company that had a, a huge clash with Fiona earlier this year. Guess who that who, who that company or who that person that could be? Andrew Wakefield. Oh no. Andrew Wakefield. Of course, yes, yeah. <laughs> she said she actually mentioned she met him at some point. So, now this guy is teaming up with Andrew Wakefield and his his team. So, wow. This could this could be become an international thing actually. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we're looking forward to hear what happens. <laughs> I'm sure we keep uh, track on this one. I would write up um, a blog post explaining all the details about it and uh i i would love to do it in english as well but i'm just completely overwhelmed uh these days with uh with me yeah so moving starting a new job and everything but uh i will do it and especially because um this week actually uh before this episode uh this episode goes out uh they are pro they promised that they would provide uh proof provide proof that the they have a method that works 
and uh, they came up with a professor, a university professor, who's uh, a, a brain scientist, uh, who who is apparently teaming up with them and supporting them. But I started a bit of um, an internet research and I found his name associated with pseudoscientific claims before. Shocker. He was even associated (laughs) associated with astrology and stuff like that. So, um, well, that's how serious a professor he is. But uh, apparently they... So I, I don't know. They... They think that they really have a proof. The only proof that we've seen is very, very strong. At the beginning of this year, uh, they were featured on a TV magazine show uh, with one autistic child whose mother gave uh, an interview telling about her child and how the child was cured with this technique. And that's about it. That's the proof. So, yeah, yeah that's the proof. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So it's uh, weak even for anecdotal evidence. Just yeah. one person. But they claim that they have uh, several others. But uh, we'll see. it just doesn't hold water, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep you posted if uh, something else happens. Please do. And uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'd like to tell Fiona, if you are listening, Fiona... We are all behind you and we're all with you in this. Mm. And uh, uh, if it comes to that, uh, we're going to make a huge international uh, thing out of it. So autism and uh, Scientology, right? (laughs) Yeah. We have another news surrounding Scientology. And that is we go to Ireland. Um, Ireland. Irish religiously inspired legislation is back here in the news. This time it's blasphemy laws that are the source of frustration. There's a documentary called My My Scientology Movie, which is directed by John Dower and features Louis Thoreau. Uh, This film is scheduled for release in the UK mid-October, but in Ireland no distributor has has been able to be found due Uh, due to the Irish Defamation Act, Mm. which states that, and I quote, publication or utterance of blasphemous matter, end quote, against any religion is is an offense and carries a fine of 25,000 euros. Now, you may wonder how old such an old-fashioned law may be. And yes, it is from 2009. (laughs) Hello, modern times. (laughs) The odd thing here is that Scientology is not registered as a religion and it's not registered as a charitable organization in in Ireland. So you can wonder how applicable a a law this really is. But nevertheless, no distributor has been found who is willing to take the risk. Uh, Listeners may have heard and maybe even seen a similar Scientology documentary called Going Clear, which came out last year. And Mm -hmm. the same thing happened to them. Uh, And it was never distributed in Ireland either. So uh, I think they may have uh, to look over their uh, laws a bit in Ireland. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what? Uh, We should deal a bit more with uh, Scientology. Mm. That means we are making, we should do business with them. 
if we deal with them. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we should finance. We should finance our trips everywhere. Yeah, sure. We will be rich. Yeah. All right. Well, lots of things happening. Yeah, but I think it's enough for uh, for for this time. Uh, so why don't we move on and uh, talk about who's been really wrong, Pontus? All right, let's do that. The Swedish Democrats is a nationalistic right-wing party uh, which has grown over the last five or six years and now actually, believe it or not, competes for being the the largest party in Sweden, political party in Sweden, along with the Social Democrats and Moderaterna, which are the older established right-wing party. The Swedish Democrats are mostly known for being a single topic party, focusing on the dangers of immigration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, of course, how perfect the Swedish people is, and as if uh, there was such a thing as the Swedish people. We've been having uh, immigrants coming here for a long time. Um, but apparently they're now widening their areas because now they have other nonsense on their agenda. Uh, they have presented a motion to the Swedish parliament concerning alternative medicine. And I think I think it happens to be the shortest and most stupid motion you could think of. Uh, it's basically saying that in one line that we want alternative medicine to be treated the same as conventional medicine. Full stop. And then they go into a little motivation. And I'll actually read it out loud. It's only three or four sentences and it's uh, it's worth listening to. So here it goes. Healthcare must be reformed to enable alternative medicine to operate in Sweden. Conventional medicine must thus face competition from other players and with uh, which have different focus than is now prevailing. Patients must be able to choose any treatment and care that they want. Today you have to travel abroad to get uh, care options and you have to pay out of own pocket. Alternative care and conventional medicine shall have equal status. That's the full length of the whole motion. That's total BS. Yeah, and it's also the whole mm. motion that they've written. So they, they couldn't even be bothered to write uh, write something, uh, you know, a little bit more longer and more elaborate, really, on what they want. So, you know what you should have done? Mm-hmm. You should have uh, read it up in Swedish. Then we wouldn't have understood a single word of it, but it would have sounded nice. <laughs> yeah, it would have been just as meaningful, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, exactly. you know, if you bear with me, I would like to break this down into five points, if I may. First of all, they say that alternative medicine must be able to operate in Sweden. Well, I don't really sympathize with that, but it already can. It's everywhere I look. There are already alternative medicine in Sweden, so screw that. Next point. Conventional medicine must face competition. Conventional medicine already faces competition. The the notion that conventional medicine is just one thing that has some sort of monopoly is totally stupid. There are lots of remedies and they are competing with each other within conventional medicine. Number three, patients must have a choice. Well, okay, but shouldn't it be a choice between things that actually work? Mm-hmm. Good point. Point. No, yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Number four. P- 
pay out of own pocket. Devil's advocate. Well, okay. If you want to apply something that does not work, why should the public healthcare system pay for it? If you want to pay, waste your money, go ahead. But you can't expect uh, the rest of us to pay for it. And yeah. fifth point, uh, alternative care and conventional medicine shall have equal status. Actually, it already has. All conventional medicine must prove that it works. And it's the same for alternative medicine. If you show us that it works, it will be accepted on equal terms. There is no fast track for conventional medicine, and there shouldn't be a fast track for alternative medicine either. Yeah. Conventional medicine is just medicine that did its homework. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it brings, brings to mind uh, the quote from uh, Tim Minchin. Mm. You know what alternative medicine is called that has proven to work? Medicine. medicine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what they don't get. You know, that's stupid from, from start to finish, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm. So? So, for having no clue of what they're talking about, the Swedish Democrat Party gets today's prize for being really wrong. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, well deserved. Well, and for the peace in the world and the peace in uh, Northern Europe, I uh, really hope they won't get too much support. No, I don't think this will go uh, anywhere, but uh, it's still stupid. Good, good. Well, this brings us even closer to the end of the show, which means we need... The quote. Exactly. I've got a quote from Friedrich Nietzsche today, German philosopher, as many people know, I'm sure. He said, a great truth wants to be criticized, not idolized. Yeah, that's right. You know, it is a great quote. Yeah, it is. It's quite spot on. And especially, yeah, especially after talking so much about politicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Yelena. Thanks. And that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, because of that, I would like to thank both of you for joining me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure as always. And it's so exciting that by the end of this week, uh, I mean, the week this, this comes out, we're going to be at QED. Yay. Fantastic, guys. Fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to be there and we're going to be recording and we're going to be chatting with people and hope to meet as many of you via listeners as possible so come up to us and say hello absolutely do that but we'll be back next week so stay tuned until then goodbye bye bye goodbye This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, 
please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Kisha J. Gray and George Rubb and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. And presented by none other than Jelena Levin. That's me. <laughs> Is it? Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. Oh dear. Hygiene is a good thing. <laughs> you is that your is that your two pence per pontus? Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> great 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 talk guys, great talk. <laughs> Hi jeans. I'm Andras. Okay. Oh. You can <laughs> Almost, almost. You can get in touch with us. <laughs> you told me that aliens really oh, exist. exist. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay.